Hello to you. This is episode 6 of Future Spark podcast and it's about accelerated learning and adaptive technology in Africa. This episode is segmented into our Future of Work series and features our guest in this podcast, the co-founder of Lenira, an edtech company. We will laugh and share story and more importantly, ideas will be mentioned here that you can take advantage of. Thank you. The future workforce of the world is in Africa, and its human capital will need to be developed, not only for Africa, but for the benefit of all. Artificial intelligence and automation will be key drivers of the new economy. Meet your host, Zacchaeus, in a future SPAC podcast as it inspires you on a journey of being relevant in the future of work. So, welcome to Future Spark Podcast. I am Zacchaeus, your host, and I have with me here Nosa Ugafua, our guest on Future Spark Podcast. Nosa is a chemical engineering graduate, a fellow of the 2019 Obama Leadership Program in South Africa, and he is also the director at Lenira. Lenira is a startup project being worked upon by Nosa and his team, and I've actually made some level of impact teaching STEM education in unconventional ways to many students in uh, secondary schools and also preparing for the, um, for the West African Examination Council exam. Lenera is providing access to engaging quality education for the African child. So I will leave Nusa to talk about Lenera. You're welcome, Nusa, to Future Spark Podcast. So a brief on Lenera, please. Thank you, Zakios, for having, for having me um, speak yeah. about Lenera. Yeah. Anyways, um, like you said earlier, my name is Nusa. And um, so at Lenera, what we are trying to do is we are trying to make um, access to STEM educational tools and programs uh, available to students in marginalized in low-income schools in nigeria so okay. what so i would do this is so when i say stem i mean science technology engineering and mathematics okay. so okay. i will what would i will make this possible is we partner with educational organizations that are creating STEM educational tools and they have STEM educational programs. So we partner with them to make their STEM educational tools and programs accessible to mm-hmm. students in low-income schools or in marginalized okay. communities in, okay. in Nigeria. So that's that was that's what we do basically. We're more like a bridge between these these organizations that have these tools and schools in marginalized communities. Wow, yeah. that's that's I I didn't even know the target audience was actually for marginalized um, communities. Yeah, yeah, we work with schools in low-income communities basically. Wow. So um, as yeah. someone spearheading such a project, I'm relating to um, corp- I'm I'm sure you are using technology as a major tool to um, mm-hmm. accelerate the learning for these ones. So what's your mm-hmm. own understanding? What's your own understanding when I say things like accelerated learning and adaptive technology? Okay, so, um, you know, accelerated learning involves learners discovering and creating their own knowledge through meaningful activities and authentic experiences, which definitely leads to greater learning. So imagine um, you have a child that learns better by listening to music or you have a child that learns better probably by 
dancing or people dancing around him or her and stuff like that. So doing those kind of activities around those kind of children are things that can accelerate learning. So that's basically, yeah, so that is basically accelerated learning. And this is something that I I have always encouraged teachers to try as much as possible to, to encourage, I've always tried to encourage teachers to always make this type of learning happen in their classrooms because like we always say different strokes for different folks then for adaptive yeah. learning adaptive learning technologies um this is something this this is something i really i'm, I'm really a huge fan yeah, of it's something that, that yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something like that I, um, people like Khan Academy use it. So oh. imagine that you are a teacher in a classroom and you have like 40 students and all these students learn differently. So imagine oh. you are taking a course like um, you are taking algebra, something in algebra, and yeah. some students definitely would understand faster than faster the others. So the adaptive, adaptive learning technology allows teachers to understand who is learning better, who is not learning faster, what mm. students are failing and what students are not failing. So you can actually see on a dashboard um, mm. what your students are failing, what they are getting, and you can instantly know what to do to uh, to, to each, each student. So it, it's, it's beautiful. It's using analytics to solve, to solve problems to solve in education. Problems. So that's, that's interesting, actually. So, but you know, when you mean adaptive technology you know it's kind of from a layman perspective like what does it entail just a brief in like one minute like what's actually the technology behind that so adaptive technology basically is the use of analytics like data to really understand how students are learning you know so um I am so let's say I'm using uh, I have a tool that can take oh. students learning progress so I can actually see if a student in my, if students in my class are actually passing a part so I'm, so for example I'm teaching let's say quadratic quadratic equations and yeah. I have 40 students in the classroom and I instantly using data I can see the number of students that have passed my question that are doing well in, in solving quadratic equation questions and i can also mm. see students that are doing poorly so with the mm. with the data i'm seeing on my dashboard i can go back to help students that are doing poorly wow. yeah students that are doing poorly then maybe students that are doing very well they can go on to something else so that's the idea behind uh, the adaptive learning technology is basically wow. data using data, data to help students perform better <laughs> but you know, yeah. let me not go. I, I actually spoke with, I was speaking with uh, a mother yesterday and I was doing like okay. a survey with her and I was asking okay. her basically questions around how satisfied she is with the school her child is going to if she thinks that they are properly harnessing her child's creativity. And she said, truthfully and honestly, she's not satisfied. And the reason being that they are not doing a lot of practicals, projects, mm. they're not teaching. Imagine mm. a four-year-old child that is being taught things like white and black, and you know, it's mm. going to be boring. So, mm. what she mentioned was that all this interesting method of learning they only see it in American movies, and you know we just laugh <laughs> and laugh. I know, and that was actually something to think about. Really. Yeah, you you know, yeah, this is something that I always we I always talk about when I go to when we go to when we take our partner tools to classrooms. For example, we have this technology called the FET interactive simulations. The FET interactive simulations is 
a simulation software that allows okay. students to carry out science experiments on, on, on their computers. So I'm not talking about videos here. I'm talking about simulation. So for example, you want this to- like interactive actually. Yes, you want to teach your students um, things like, um, let's say gas laws. And you okay. want your students to see how temperature and pressure affects gas molecules so oh. you don't just show them videos with the fat interact simulations you allow them to interact like increase temperature yeah, and temperature. see how yeah, the molecules increase the kinetic energy of these molecules increase and stuff like that so oh. um most times when we talk to teachers we, we, we believe that when students in, interact with whatever they are learning they learn better when when they yeah, have the opportunity to work with oh. uh, try to have the opportunity to um yeah. experiment yes to experiment mm -hmm. whatever they are learning about they, they wow. definitely do better so that's one thing we're encouraging we encourage teachers oh, that, to do that, in classrooms that. so just this one and now having said that now what do you think are like um specific not so noticed challenges that people face when they try to implement this kind of solution because i know some people would have um have this interest to want to implement such kind of solutions and you discover that um there are challenges and people didn't actually see that coming so what are some of these because i know it's something that you've actually done and you are doing mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. must have come across some challenges that even before you started, you didn't actually notice those challenges. So what are those few challenges, just briefly? So there are so many challenges implementing. <laughs> and then, yeah, there are definitely so many yeah. challenges yeah, implementing yeah. Um, <laughs> some of these some of these um, technologies or tools in classroom. Mm. So, well, some of the major things we have faced so far is something is definitely related to infrastructure so for example mm. we take this fat interactive simulations to school and to schools and when we go to public schools mm. we do demos we do demos for teachers and mm -hmm. they would say oh they love this technology they would like to use this technology and when we get when we, when we get there they use they, they most times when we go there to train these teachers they would buy petrol to power their mm. computer to, 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 as a source so they buy petrol to power sets. their generator yeah, yeah. So, so so we train them to use this technology and they love it so much then after so like much. two months or one month we go back to the schools to ask them they to get get yeah, so get no to, to just get feedback. Yeah, we'll go back there to get feedback on how they are using feedback. the technology. And they'll, tell, they'll tell us, oh, that they've not been using the technology because they don't have power supply and the rest. Wow. So you see, one of the oh, major challenges, major. one of the major challenges we've faced with um, teachers using these technologies is infrastructure problem like power, like having access to computers and things like that are mm. some of the major problems. So I think. Mm. If, if the infrastructure problem is solved, we'll be mm. able to implement some of this problem. So most times when people talk about the machine age, fourth industrial mm. revolution, revolution and all the big, I, I big think, words. Yeah, <laughs> and those big stuff. I, 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 sometimes I used to just think we need to solve some of our basic problems. very prob basic like, problems. Basic yeah, problem, like in Providing access to computers for students, providing access internet. to the internet for students, yeah. providing power for students in schools, things like that. So before we start talking about moving, we, before, before, before we start talking about moving to fourth industrial revolution and stuff like that, we, need to, we have not actually so, addressed second industrial. Or third industrial. We've not, I don't even think... <laughs> 
cross that line for third industrial revolution. So stuff like oh that. My. Infrastructure wow. is a huge problem in trying to implement some of these solutions. And yeah, I think it's something we should really focus on. Well, interestingly, uh, well, okay, let me not just go there now. Let me not go there. It's going to actually bring us to another conversation. But let me just ask about your team in uh, Lenira. So All right. uh, regarding your team in Lenira, how, how, how were you able to get them? Because I noticed that you, know, you <laughs> had quite a handful of them. And, you know, getting talent. Because mm. you guys, you know, you were able to bring some kind of technology, take it to the schools. How were you able to get, gather such kind of team that would, you know, go to do, uh, that have such skills that you take them to the schools and do that? How were you able to get the team? Okay, so I- I'd like to start with this. You see, um, one thing that I personally have relied on in trying to recruit people or make people follow us or what's, 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 what we're trying to do is my ability to clearly state the reason why we're doing what we are doing. Yeah, so I've been able to attract people to what we are doing by explaining explicitly to them why we are doing what we are doing so that is some yeah that is basically what has attracted people to and it just buying with yeah so we try as much i try as much as possible to even our partners i try as much as possible to explain why we exist the reason why we exist why we are doing this in order to make access to quality education accessible to students in low-income communities so, so i think your ability to Explain oh. explicitly to explicitly. both your partners, clearly. yes, okay. clearly in very mm. simple terms, both to your yeah. partners and um, talents or yeah, talents or co-workers. Yeah. Your ability yeah. to explain explicitly to them is something what really matters on the long run. So oh. yeah, because you so that, that is what a lot of people is. rely on big cash. Some people rely on connection. I wonder yeah. that okay. How did funny, you do it? <laughs> fun, funny enough, funny enough, we have somebody, there's somebody on the team right now that sponsors a part of our project. And the person wow. is our yeah, the person is our co-founder. All I needed to do, the person, this person right now doesn't doesn't work with this team, so to say, like okay. it doesn't really work with us two four seven like that. Oh, you wow. understand? Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, this person supports, funds some of our projects and supports with his own core skills in accounting and the rest. So I, I think, I, I strongly believe that your ability to communicate, communicate your vision clearly to your team members or to your partners, the reason why you exist, if you can communicate it effectively to these people, they will, they will definitely buy. You see, in the, in, in the end, we are all human beings. So if you can yeah. connect with Don't what connect. drives people, yes, if you can really connect to what drives people, you'll be able to attract them to, to, to what you're doing. Money is also part of it, definitely, but I think, <laughs> I think if you can really share with people what you stand for, uh, you'll, you'll really be able to, you'll, you'll be able to uh, make them come to make support you. So let, let's go back to that Nigeria's case of infrastructure now. Now, yeah. we're talking about is a Nigerian situation and yeah. talking about education and how things are going presently in Nigeria. So what do you think must be done like urgently? I know there are many things, but like there are some certain things you mentioned about infrastructure. But apart mm-hmm. from infrastructure, 
to avoid the total collapse of um, education in this country, apart from infrastructure, what other thing or what other hindrance do such solutions as yours can face apart from the issue of infrastructure? So, so right now, there are so many challenges facing our educational system now. But mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about, so there's one major, one of the major problems right now is the education to employment issue. Like, you see, one of the major reasons why, one of the major reasons why we go to, why we go to school is because, yeah, yeah one of the major reasons why people go to school is because they want to get jobs. Yeah. Do you understand? They want to get a job. Mm-hmm. So, and the question is, how do we create or how do we design a system that works for graduates such that right. once they are through with school, they can actually get employment? And I, I see one of the major challenges right now, there's, there's no data to show students' journey from school to workplace. School to work, okay. That's, that's, that's one major challenge. Now, if there's data to actually show what's happening as students move happening. from school to workplace, there will be what a lot. Or yeah, there will be huge. There will be a huge difference right now. Another thing again is all the stakeholders, um, educators, employers, and even students. All they are all working. They are all working in parallels. And oh, wow. yeah, they are yeah. they are working yeah. in parallels, and they are not solving the real problem. We need to come to a junction where we there's understand. There's a disconnect that, today, actually. Yeah, there's a disconnect between these three people, and we need mm. to come to a junction where we understand that the problem that with this education to employment problem is actually a system problem. And one way we can solve this 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 problem is by creating an education to employment system integrator. Now this system integrator is a person that will connect between that will connect uh, that will connect and educators and the students and employers. Mm-hmm. And employers. So the, this 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 integrators goes to employers, asks for what they actually need, that the type of skills they need from um, students, mm-hmm. and what they need educators to prepare it, the, how they mm-hmm. do want the. So, so this system educators goes to um um um, educa- um sorry the employers. They ask questions employers. about what type of skills they need. Skills from, they need. Yeah, for this, this system as educators, do you think? Uh, do you think it would be a kind of a government approach or is it more of a private sector? Is more of a partnership? The truth about it is the system integrator could be from public sector or from the, the from, from, from private sector, from the government. It could actually be from the government or from private sector. It because doesn't really matter. The reason I actually raise it is because, yeah. uh, sorry to say, you know, anything coming from the government is actually slow. When I said that, actually, I was looking at an ideal system. Yeah, I was looking at an ideal system, but uh, well, nevertheless, I am. Uh, um, so, if there's it, yeah, I'm listening to you, please. Yeah, you know, that's actually true. It's looking at it ideally, that's what is actually meant to happen. But you know, mm-hmm. people always say the Nigerian. I, always, I love Nigeria, actually, but when it comes to giving some responsibility to the agencies in the government sector, I rather not, I would rather just delegate it to the private sector. So that's why I tried to brought that up. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I, I think <laughs> if it's from the private sector, it will be faster and yeah, it will, it will work better. So there should be a system integrator that would connect employers to um educators secondly i'm also looking at um, i'm also looking at um 
there's, there's an urgent need for public um, for a public private partnership private in partnership. in yeah. building in building in building our educational system. Okay, so now bringing it back to you personally. So okay. you know, we're talking about the problems and how you are addressing it. Something must have triggered you to start this journey actually. So what's your own and that's making me to ask this question now? Your own vision for transforming education in Nigeria because it seems you are passionate passionate about education. So what's your own you must have a like when you say a mission statement, a personal mission statement for transforming education in Nigeria. So my, my vision for the educational system is for just in case Somebody in government listening to this message maybe <laughs> some years later. You said, oh, you, want make, you want to make it the Minister of Education. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, 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 you know, when I start, yeah. when we started, when we started Lenira in 2016, the reason why we started Lenira was because I was in a, I was, I was deployed to a remote community secondary school in Northern Nigeria, Zamfara State, as, as a math oh, teacher. Oh, yeah, and Zamfara State. Yes, I was I was deployed. I, I was deployed to a rural community secondary school, and in that community school, I discovered that the school had been operating for over six years without a math teacher. And you know, I, I felt I felt yes, the school had been running for years, but for six years they didn't have a math teacher, and I was supposed to be the math teacher. You know, when I got there, I felt really concerned about those children because I knew that they were automatically disadvantaged compared to their peers in urban centers. I knew that one day those students would have the audacity to dream of becoming maybe engineers, accountants, or whatsoever they want to be. But because they are of their lack of requisite, requisite skills in maths, they probably won't be able to, to end that. So my vision has always been a world where every African child, irrespective of their socioeconomic background, will have access to quality education in Nigeria or in Africa. So that, that's, been, that's been my big dream, my, my vision. That's what drives me, that irrespective of these children's socioeconomic background, they should have access to, to, to engaging quality education. So that's, that's, that's what drives me. And that's, 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 my, that's my big, that's my big wow. vision for Wow, you sound like a very yeah. good. Uh, you have you considered politics before? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you actually call it up. That now brings me to this question. Actually, that brings me to this question. Recently, you went you went to South Africa, right? Yes, yes. So, how was the experience uh, when you were selected as part of the Obama Foundation Leaders Africa program? How was the experience in South Africa? So I, I was I was really excited about the opportunity to join two, um, 199 other um, young leaders in Africa who are changing the narratives in their wow. in in their communities and the opportunity to learn about their work. Some of them are working in the educational sector. Some of them are working in the healthcare space. Some of them are doing things involving um, technology. So I, technology. I was really excited about the opportunity to relate to them to learn about their perspective about mm. what they are doing and also mm. the opportunity to work with the Obama Foundation for a year is something I'm really grateful for. The opportunity to share our work with them is something mm. I'm really excited about Thank and I'm, I'm very grateful about the opportunity. Wow, that's yeah. very good. So what's your own um, expectation like in a year's time now like to bring out of that um, fellowship? 
So, with working with the Obama Foundation, this um, we've been able to set out a one-year goal, which we are supposed to achieve before the end of the year. So, before the end of the year, we plan to um, increase. I, I won't. I don't. I don't want to talk about some some couple of stuffs right here. Okay. Okay. No we plan problem. To, yeah, we plan to reach more schools and uh, more more schools, train more teachers, and reach some specific number of um, students before the end of the year. Yeah, so that's our main. But apart from that, we are, we are working on a very big project right now, which is okay. more. So lastly, we had some uh, conversation earlier. I think that was last week or so, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about if you were going to, if you were in, if you knew some things when you were in the university days, you were going to do some things differently. <laughs> so now, if you are in the university days or you are just starting over from university from 100 level first year, mm-hmm. so what are you going mm-hmm. to do differently? Because I'm asking this for uh, maybe someone that is in his first year or second year in the um, university and, you know, is, or when we were in university, we actually lived a linear life. Most people, you know, face your academics, your parents tell you face mm-hmm. academics, don't do anything. So what are you going to do differently? Yeah. You know, if I had the opportunity to go back to school to study um, chemical engineering from from under level again, what I'll do differently is I won't spend so much of my time learning chemical engineering. What I'll do instead is I'll take one or two, I'll look for one or two in-demand skills and basically technology skills. So I'll look for one or two skills that I could spend maybe 30% of my time in school time. to learn yeah to learn i'll spend time learning those skills such that after five years i probably would have spent maybe ten thousand hours practicing hours or mastering practicing. those skills, skills yeah. so now when yeah. i come out of when i come out of school i don't spend my time looking for a job Jobs. or something i could either yeah. start something or yeah. Or, or, or look for companies that actually require my my skill apart skills. from my chemical engineering skills. So wow. I think if I'm if I, so generally, if I'm given the opportunity to go back, I'll spend my time learning one or two skills, and that is something I would really advise any young person in school. Don't just I'll advise any young person not to just spend their time learning a particular course, but they should find one or two other skills. It could be technology. Yeah, it could be technology. It could be something. It could be vocational. They should find something Mm. else to to Mm. learn that they can actually fall onto when they get out of school. Yeah. That, that's really yeah. true because I remember when, when we were in school then I, I gained admission. I, I was into the uh, networking, computer networking and mm-hmm. I, used, yeah, I actually used that to, to you know, um, get some cash flow in, when I was in mm. school. I was teaching my mm-hmm. mates and it really helped me till today. So wow. it's very, very wow. true, actually. So thank you, Nusa, for featuring on this sixth episode of Future Spark Podcast. Thank we you appreciate so much. it. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you're welcome. To our um, listeners, thank you for listening once again. Till next week when we have our next episode, please remain inspired. Thank you for listening to Future Spark Podcast with Zacchaeus. To gain more on this, enroll in our free courses offered on our website, www.futurspark.com. Deliver the future, for the future is now. Hello to you. Thank you once again for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Before you go, I have this one request to make. 
If this podcast has impacted you, please go to anchor.fm or iTunes to subscribe. Or better still, go to my website as I have lots of other freebies available for you at www.futurspark.com. And also make sure to share my podcast on your social media timelines and tag your friends. Thank you.